Welcome to this week's episode of the Mercy Came Running Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about when you can't be first. When you can't be first. But before I get to that, I want you to know that I publish podcasts here each Monday morning that are designed to lift you up, to start your week out on a positive note, and to give you something to think about. Now, we all love being first, don't we? In most things, most everything. I love being first. I love when uh, I can say that I've come out on top on something. I love when uh, somebody can say, hey, you are number one, or what you did was the best thing that, that could have been done. I love that. I strive for that. I center my life around being first in everything that I do. When I was in school, I wanted the best grades. I had a friend of mine that uh, would say, hey, as long as I get a C, I'm okay. I can't, <laughs> I can't begin to understand that kind of thinking because my mind doesn't work that way. I don't want to settle for mediocrity. I want to be first. I want to have the best grades. I wanted to be the first in my class. I wanted to, um, to study hard, to, to, be, to be that person that, that was always on top. In sports, I always wanted to do the best that I could. I wanted to be on teams that won. It wasn't always the case, but I wanted to. And when we won, we, uh, we celebrated. When we won, we, we thought we had accomplished something. And when we were in first place, we, we felt like, man, things couldn't get any better. I like to be first. I like to be the, the best person on the team. I like to, to be that, that guy that, uh, that everybody turns to and says, hey, we need a hit right here, or we need a goal, or hey, do this and, and let's be number one today. I love being first at work. I love um, making sure that our restaurant is, is the best possible, that we're, that we're beating the competition, that we're also beating the, the, the people in our market that are in the, in the same business that we are. I want us to be first. I want to find areas of opportunity that, that can make us better on a daily basis. Because those small changes make a big difference in our lives. It makes a big difference in the things that we do. And it helps us to propel us to be first in everything that we do. I'm an avid runner, so I want to be first. Uh, and I, I know that the older I get, I, I won't be first overall. I'll probably never be first overall but I can be first in my age group. I've done that quite a few times. I strive for that. I, when I go to a race, I look to see, hey, who's got the best, who had the best time in my age group last year? And that's the person I need to beat. I want to be first. I want to have the best times. I want to, um, to, to, to make that mark so people say, hey, that guy was really, really good. He was first. I want to strive to be the best because I love being first but the thing I realized is that over time is that I can't always be first I can't be first in running I can't always have the uh, the best restaurant I can't always have uh, the best grades I can't always be number one on my sports teams I can't always do that I can strive for it, and I do strive for it, but I can't always be first. Is that how it is in our lives? Do we come to the conclusion sometimes that 
we can't be first. We can't be the best. We, and that kind of gets us down. Sometimes we have to relinquish our desire to be first in order to let someone else be first or to let someone else have control of our lives. What happens when you can't be first? Maybe I should say, what what happens when you shouldn't be first? We're going to be talking today and reading in Colossians chapter 1. It's probably my favorite passage, and you'll probably hear that a lot uh, throughout this podcast, but as I talk about different passages in the Bible, but Colossians chapter 1, these these nine verses are probably my favorite, um, at least today. (laughs) Colossians chapter 1, Paul is writing here to the church at Colossae, the uh, Colossae was a, a city on the decline. It used to be number one. There were a lot of things that made it number one. But the church there was on the decline. The, the city was on the decline. The, the things that were going on there were on the decline. They used to be number one, but they're not anymore. So Paul writes them this letter to encourage them. Which I'm hoping my, my words to you today will be an encouragement, but Paul wrote this letter to be an encouragement to them. Because the Colossians, more than anything else, they needed a win. Have you ever been been there? Life has got you down. Seems like nothing can go your way. Maybe the day has just started off terribly. And you need something that you can hold on to to be a win. That was the church at Colossae. They needed a win, and they needed a win badly. And so Paul writes them this letter, and he begins to share with them in the beginning about the the greatness of of Jesus. He, He introduces himself, as he always does in his letters, and it's almost like sometimes in Paul's letters, it's almost like he just kind of goes off on a tangent, and he just starts glorifying and praising God, and he just goes off on these great... Uh, soliloquies and it's no it's no different here in Colossians chapter 1 and he gets down to verse 15 actually let me back up for a minute and just read to you from verse 9 Paul says for this reason since the day we heard this we haven't stopped praying for you We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then He just goes into this great oratory of who Jesus is and the preeminence of Jesus in our lives. And He says He is the image of the invisible God. That word image is the the Greek word icon. And you all know what icons are, right? They, they're the things that are on our computer screens. There's those little things that we click to, 
to open programs and there are those things that that um, that are used to resemble something else. The icon resembles and is used to open up the program. Well, for Jesus, he is the icon of God. He is the image, the very exact representation of the image of God. He is the icon of God. He is the image, Paul says, of the invisible God. Now, when we think about invisibility, we think about things that can't be seen. Uh, We think of things that are unknowable. We think of things that um, are, are not really tangible, I think you might say. They're not tangible. Things that are invisible, they're not tangible. We can't hold them with our hands. We can't hold them. We can't see them with our eyes. And so they're not really real, right? But what Paul is saying here, the word invisible literally means unseen. He literally means unseen. God is real. He is there. But we can't see him with our mortal eyes, with our physical eyes. We can't see him. But we can know him. We can't see God the Father. And so Paul tells us here that Jesus... He is the image. He is the icon of the God that we cannot see. He is the icon of the God that that rains down on us. He is the image, the icon of the God that we want to know so badly, that our heart strives for, that, that we just want to get to know. Paul says he is the image of the invisible God. Here's the image of the God that we cannot see. I remember over in John 14, Jesus is giving this great, uh, this, this great oratory about who he is. And then towards the, the middle of that passage, Philip speaks up and he says, you know, Jesus is talking about the Father. And Philip says, well, you know, just show us the Father. Just show us the Father and it'll be enough. Philip understood he could not see God with his physical eyes. Or at least he thought he couldn't. What did Jesus say? In John 14, 8, he said, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the icon, the very image of the God that we cannot see. God's not invisible. He's not a big blob out there floating around in space. God the Father is a person. We can't see Him with our physical eyes, but we will see Him one day. And Jesus is the image, the very icon of God. He is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by Him. Everything was created by him in heaven and on earth. The scene, the, the literal text says here, the visible and the invisible, but the, the meaning is the seen and the unseen. The same way, the same word that was um, uh, that was uh, used for God in the above in, in verse 15 is the same word that's used here. The visible and the invisible, the seen and the unseen, the things we can see and the things we can't. Whether thrones or dominions, or rulers or authorities. 
all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Did you hear what he said there? <laughs> he is all of these things so that he might have first place in everything. You see, there are some areas of our lives that we can't be first. There are some areas of our lives where we have to give up control. There are some areas of our lives where we have to say, you know what? I can't handle that. I can't handle that on my own. I need help. I need to, uh, one of the, the greatest strengths of a person is realizing when you need help. Guys, we need help. And we find that help in Jesus. And Paul says here that he is to have first place in everything. He is to have first place in our lives. He's telling the church at Colossae, look to Jesus. I know things around you look bad. I know your city's on the decline. I know that, 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 that it seems like the world is just crashing in around you. Do you think that way today? You look around you and say, you know what? I just don't recognize the world or the country or the, the place that I live. I just don't recognize it anymore. You're in good company. Because Colossians felt that way too. And Paul says, look to Jesus. He is the icon of God. He is the very image, the very representation of the God that we can know. And we can know God through Him. So that He might have first place in everything. We can give Him first place in our lives. And it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter where the world goes. It doesn't matter how bad things get. We can always look to Him. And on the flip side of that, it doesn't matter how good things get. It doesn't matter how prosperous we are. We can always look to Him. And we should always look to Him and give Him first place in our lives. You know, I don't know where you are at this moment. I hope you're listening to this and I hope everything in your life is going great. And you're just listening to this for just to pick me up. <laughs> but I would dare say many of you found this podcast and you're not in a good place. You're looking around you and things aren't so great. Maybe your family's not the way it should be or your job's not the way it should be or your, your, your spiritual life's not the way it should be. Guys, I've been there. Maybe you're listening today because you need a win. Maybe your life is in tatters and maybe your world has crumbled. But like Paul, I would say be of good cheer if you're in Christ. You're a winner because Jesus has already won. He's won first place. He is first place in everything. And He is and should be number one 
in our lives. Because He has overcome sin and death, so can we. Maybe you're here, maybe you're listening today and like I said, life is going good for you. Maybe you don't really have a care in the world, but you know someone who does. Maybe you want to share this word with them. Maybe you want to say, hey, take a listen to this. I know things aren't so good right now, but we can have someone who's in first place every single day. Jesus. He is the icon of God. The very exact representation. And He is to have first place in everything. I don't know where you are today, but I hope that as you hear this, it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's been something that you can take through your week and that you can just apply it and you can say, you know what? I don't care what goes on around me. I've already won. I've already won. I've already been there and I have won. I hope you can put your faith and your trust in Him today. Thank you for joining me today on the Mercy Came Running podcast. It's a joy to have you here. Don't forget we publish these every Monday to give you encouragement, to give you something to build your week on and to give you something that you can share with others to help them along every day. Don't forget to join us next week. And we'll continue our our thoughts about Jesus. We'll continue our thoughts about how He can be first place in our lives and how we can win in life. And as I leave you today, I want you to remember this. Keep looking up. There's a great adventure ahead of you. We'll see you next week.